helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Imagine being in the middle of an ocean on an old sailing ship. No GPS or inertial navigation system, only a compass, a chart, and the stars to navigate by. In that situation, what could be more terrifying for all on board than for the clouds to cover the sky so you couldn't see the stars? I think what would be more terrifying would be to lose your compass. In many ways, today, America is adrift. We have intentionally covered up all the standards we use to navigate our lives by. The ideas of truth, justice, and the American way have been cast aside, leaving us without any chart, any way to chart our future. As if that wasn't bad enough, the American people are allowing so-called influencers to take our compass and throw it into the sea. They don't want you to chart your own course. They want you to follow them, to be dependent on them. Now, before you give up all hope, though, I have a secret that those in government, the media, and the influential class don't want you to know. I have a compass. I have a chart. And I have stars by which to navigate. And I'm willing to share them with you. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me. You may say, but Paul, you were talking about navigation. You know, I, I loved navigation. When I was about oh, 15, 16 years old, my father got his private pilot's license. And I remember I trained to navigate. I, I, I trained as a co-pilot at first. I eventually took flight lessons, but part of my job when we would fly is I was the navigator. And I'd like, I had my chart and I had my, my flight computer and uh, I ran the radios and, and the direction finders. And oh, I, it, was, it was cool. And especially for a 16 year old boy, it was just like awesome. I could figure out where we were, I could figure out where we wanted to be, and I could figure out the best way to get there. And my job was to tell my father along the way. Okay, here's where we're doing. And again, I loved it. And again, that's a lot different than the old sailing ships, right? This being out in the middle of, of the ocean where there's no visual reference other than the horizon. And then again, at night, if the stars are covered, you don't even have that. I can imagine it being terrifying being out on the ocean, trusting in a man who almost by magic knows where we are, looking at this little doohickey dial and the sextant and the stars. It must have been something. And I think we're getting a sense of that today because, as I said, today, we don't have a chart. Think of all the standards. Think of all the, the things that were just, we knew they were true, and you could chart your life by them. You know, you, you, you grow up, you get a good education, you get married, have a couple of kids, you work hard, 
you you, you care about your community, you, you do these things, and, and at the end of the day, you have a good life. Well, we used to call you know the, the, the American dream, right? Uh, a house, a couple of kids out in the suburbs. If that wasn't what you had, you could pursue your own happiness. If you wanted to you know, live in the city and be more of a bohemian, well, you could do that. And there was a way of doing that. And it seems like all of those things are being papered over. The very idea of truth is questioned nowadays. And without that chart, well, how do you navigate your own future? And then... By contrast, by, by by extension, how do you navigate the do we navigate the future for this country when the very ideas of right and wrong are in question? And then, what tools do we use? I learned to use a compass, and I understood, and I, I understood magnetic declination and, and all those things, and and I understood the difference between a, a compass and a gyro compass, and why you use them, and what was different about them today. We're not not only do we not know the tools, we're actively told not to stay away from those tools. Don't dare. I've been having an interesting conversation with somebody about how dare I actually uh, use the Constitution to make assertions. You know, what you think doesn't mean anything. Wait a second, I'm talking about the Constitution. I'm quoting the Constitution. I'm quoting the dictionary that was closest to our founding fathers. That's my goal. And it's, no, 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 you can't do that. You got to let somebody else tell you what all that means. Why? I am I an idiot? Am I not an educated American citizen? I mean, if an 18th century farmer could understand it, why can't we understand today? Because they want that knowledge hidden. That's how you treat serfs. You hide that information from them. So as I was looking around the other day, and I've been putting together this, this program, that's the thought that kept coming to mind is we are trying to navigate our lives, both individually and collectively, to some desired future. And the problem is the, the, the people that claim to want to help us seem to be the ones hiding the information from us. And even though we keep saying, you know, let's head to the warm climate, let's head to Hawaii. You know, let's head to, to Puerto Rico. Nice, warm weather, calm seas. Let's head that way. And as much as we keep looking at the sky going, you know, that looks like a pretty bad storm. And it's getting cold out here. And I'm starting to see snow and ice. Are you sure we're on the right path? We keep being told, yes, we are, even though all the evidence around us says we're not. I heard a, a discussion the other day. There's a gentleman I've been listening to. Um, He's got a a, a web a podcast called The Right Report. Uh, he's a, a former CIA, CIA operative, and he kind of looks at things. Well, he brought something to my attention, and I tell you this because this is a little bit of hearsay. I haven't been able to track down his sources to give you facts and data, to, to give you the original sources. So take this with a grain of salt. But uh, back on February 21st, he had some interesting insights into the uh, illegal alien problem. Not so much simply the problem, but what's the outcome of the problem? And it comes to something called the census. See, if you go back to the Constitution, every 10 years, we have an enumeration, a, a census. 
See, Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3 says representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included in this union according to their respective numbers. It goes on to say that uh, the actual enumeration shall be made within three years after the first meeting of the Congress of the United States and within every subsequent term of 10 years in such manner as they shall direct by law. So we have an enumeration. Why is this important? Well, it says the numbers of, of uh, people in the states. It doesn't say, as people have pointed out, citizens. The enumeration just counts the number of people. Now, again, in the 18th century, this was not a big deal. In the early 19th century, this was not a big deal. Here's where life gets interesting. See, as we have for decades, yes, ladies and gentlemen, decades, multiple administrations, multiple parties, multiple congresses, as we have tolerated people illegally entering this country, violating our, flouting our laws, the, the uh, um, composition of the people have changed. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, by the you know, demographics we have, uh, you know, I, I was born in New York City. I love the fact, I mean, I, the, 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 the neighborhood I grew up in was about 49% black, 49% Puerto Rican, and 2% everything else. But I loved it. I, we used to try all different types of food. We played with different friends and different games. I'm not talking about people who come here legally looking for a better way of life. I'm talking about the people who've come here illegally. The people who broke our laws. Now, maybe they broke their, our laws because they were desperate. I'm sure some of them did. Some of them broke our laws simply because they were looking for a better job. Some broke our laws because they saw a criminal opportunity. Others because I believe they were working under the direction of state actors. But regardless, this particular uh, uh, episode of the Wright Report, something clicked in my head. See, there are estimates that there are approximately, somewhere around, well, depending on how you count the numbers, they're, they're anticipating somewhere around 25 to 30 million people here illegally, illegal aliens people who broke the law to get here. And that number snapped in my head. Do you know why? Last time I checked, there was a little over 333 million people in the United States. If somewhere around 30 million of them are here illegally, that's almost 10%. That is almost 10% of the nation that are criminals, that uh, they broke the law to get here. Now, again, they may have reasons why we may have compassion. The point is, if if we're approaching 10% of our population is made up of people who came here illegally, what does that mean? Well, it means a couple of interesting things. Depending on the studies, it means anywhere between, uh, was it 20 and 50 members of the House of Representatives were chosen by illegal aliens. By that, I mean they are in the states they are in because of the population of illegal aliens. Now, I love the way he, he, he looked at this. Look at the, um, look at the demographics that where, you know, where illegal aliens are attracted. Right? Look at the sanctuary cities. Look at the sanctuary states. states. 
how many of them are controlled by the Democratic Party, the donkeys, and how many are controlled by the elephants? Based on he's reporting, he he said that based on some reports, between as many as twenty five and forty seats in the House of Representatives, he said in some cases, some states up to fifty seats, I think, were are are in the wrong state if we counted citizens rather than illegal aliens. If we counted legal residents, just people who are illegal. If you took away the illegal aliens from the census, between 25 and 40 seats in the House would be in different states. And those different states, well, let's say the states that they're in now tend to vote Democrat, and the states that uh, would most likely have them if we didn't count the illegal aliens would be more Republican. Kind of puts an interesting twist on all these calls for uh, uh, counting illegal aliens in the census. Remember when Trump wanted to ask in on the census whether or not you were a citizen? There's a reason why people fought against that tooth and nail. But there's more to that. See, because if you have a if a state has a seat in the House, that means they also get an elector an electoral college. They get a, a presidential elector for that seat. Which means if if these numbers are correct, and that's a big if, I'm giving you a big if. Well, we're talking about 25 to 40 seats that are in democratically controlled states that might actually be end up in Republican-controlled states. Now, I don't, I hate both parties. It's me, it's not a Republican versus a Democrat. It's a question of the progressive policies versus the less progressive policies. Well, if we're talking not only members of the House, think about it. What would, what would the last couple of years have been like if the Republicans had, say, uh, a 20-vote a majority in the House rather than a 2? What would have happened in 2020 if those electors that were associated with the states because of their legal population of illegal aliens were associated somewhere else. We'll never know for sure, right? You, you can't go back and, and replay the past. But it shows an impact of illegal aliens that I think many people haven't thought of. I really didn't think it that deeply until I started seeing these numbers. If if we are approaching one tenth of the population being here, being in this country illegally, what does that say about us? If it's impacting, say, one tenth of the House of Representatives, if it's impacting a tenth of the of the presidential electors, what does that mean? What does that look like? And what would it look like if we made a distinction? If people who um, who did not come here legally did not receive the benefit as if they were citizens? What if what if the people who came here, who broke the law to get here, didn't have the impact on the people who are here legally, the citizens and the legal residents? What would life be like? How different would it be?
But I don't know for sure. Again, I, I can't prove a negative. But I think as we look around, we can get some ideas of what we're dealing with. And I'm not simply talking about the illegal aliens. I'm talking about the, the lack of a guiding star, the, the lack of, of fidelity to the Constitution, to the idea that, that we the people endowed and created the Constitution, which created the federal government, that the states are the ratifiers and therefore the, the party to the compact that is the Constitution. We've lost all that. And as such, we are adrift at sea. But before I go there, I have to take a break. Now listen, I know several people who, they're really concerned about the spike protein. They're worried about shedding. They're worried about long COVID. They're, they're, they've, been, they've, they've had the shot and they're worried about it. Well, guess what? Our friends at the wellness company, they've come up with a revolutionary product that contains ingredients that are shown, they've been researched, to block and dissolve the spike protein. Now, they're made right here in the United States. They're backed by documented research, and they're vetted by the chief medical board of the wellness company. And guess what? As an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off of their products, as well as 25% off of their first month of membership. Find out more at americaoutloud.shop. But please, check out the wellness company. Check out, they got a lot of great products. Be sure you use the code out loud. Be sure you go to americaoutloud.shop for the details so you can get that 25% off your, your products and off of your first month of membership. You have to use that code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study today. We're talking about navigating the insanity 
I was talking before about uh, uh, the the influence that illegal aliens have on this country. It it reminds me of like a a ship or a plane. The way it's loaded, its balance, its trim impacts how well it follows a course. And when you change that, well, you change the way the plane handles. And if you don't compensate for it, well, you end up going where you don't want to go. And I think that's what we were seeing in the the uh, the studies that were talking about the changes in both the the, the composition of Congress, the st- what states have how many seats in the House, and uh, uh, from that also uh, presidential electors. But there's more that we see to it. It 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 literally changes, uh, I think, or can change the basic structure of the society. Take, for example, Boston. Uh, If you are a resident of Roxbury, Boston, I have a question for you. Did you pay your tax dollars to build a recreation complex so the people who broke the law to to get here get to use it, not you? See, according to, again, this is being reported by Breitbart, uh, the the Melnia A. Cash Recreational Community Center is it's a, it's 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 a sports complex, right? It's a meeting place. They they have different games and community events. They they run little league volleyball. It was a community center. Well, on February seventeenth, when residents attempted to enter the community center for a a scheduled practice, um, it was loaded with what they refer to as hordes of illegals. Uh, one of the people there, Jeremiah Rodriguez, uh, one of the team members said, we usually practiced. They were closed. Now, it, it, think of it this way. If you spent the money to buy a recreation center and, and, and through governmental policies, that was taken away from you, wouldn't you be upset? Now, again, maybe the people of Boston, maybe the majority of the people even in Roxbury, neighborhood of Boston, look at this and say, oh, no, we will be willing, willingly give up our, our sports complex in order to uh, uh, house these, these poor people whose only prime is actually breaking the law to get here. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But as Mr. Rodriguez said, it's okay to help. But I don't think that's the place to do it because kids and families go and enjoy the sports complex and community events at the center. Again, that's a decision for Boston, for the people in the Roxbury neighborhood. But you see what I mean about how when you when you load a ship differently or you load a plane differently it has a different balance and it tends to turn a certain direction well that's what we're seeing here we have boston saying we uh we we've invited these these aliens to come here by saying we would be a sanctuary we would provide them with with goodies we would provide them with with shelter and things and um you know now they're showing up and the balance of the neighborhood has changed. 
Now, I'll let others decide if it's a change for the good or a change or not. But the point is, it's changed. And, and who has made that decision? Was it the people of Boston? Well, to a certain extent, because the people of Boston hired the mayor. They hired the people on the city council that said, hey, we're going to turn Boston into a sanctuary city. Of course, then again, Boston's also not that far away from Martha's Vineyard, where they said, oh, yeah, we're a sanctuary city, until people actually show up, and then they give them the bum rush out. See, when you're talking about navigating the world, you're talking about navigating life, you have to know where you are, and you have to know where you're going. And part of that is keeping track of where you're going, saying, is this working, or do I need to adjust things? For example, again, if I was flying with my father and we had set a course to go someplace, my part of my job as a navigator was to keep track of what we're of where how we're doing and see if we needed to adjust our course to take into consideration winds or or the balance of the aircraft or anything else. And I might tell my father, we need to make a course correction. A few degrees one way, a few degrees another way, because we were we had to deal with the balance of the aircraft. Well, in very much the same ways, a, a neighborhood or a city or a community or even a nation should be looking at where it's going and saying, is that where we want to be? Do we need to make a course correction? Sadly, I think some of us are, but we're kind of keeping it to ourselves. We're not really telling the, the people we hire to pilot the ship, a state, that this is the direction we want to go. We want to make a course correction. Partially because I know most people never contact their member of the House of Representatives. They never contact their state legislature. They never contact their county officials. They simply complain, but they never do anything about it. They're the passenger that's maybe seasick in the bottom of the boat that knows we're heading the wrong way, but is unwilling to say anything. Now, part of it is maybe you're a person that is saying something, but other people are shouting you down. Sadly, I see a lot of that because of um, people, we make assumptions, we make assertions, but we don't always have the, the evidence to show that, uh, that our assertions are right. For example, it's one thing to get up and say, hey, we're going the wrong way. It's another thing to say, we're supposed to be headed south, which means when the sun rises, it should be at our left side. The sunrise this morning was on the right side. We're heading the wrong way. Or the sunrise was right in our face. We're heading the wrong way. Here's the evidence. Here's the place we've said we want to go. Here's the evidence that we're on the wrong place. That's, that's different. It takes a little more work. It takes a little bit of study. But again, I think it's ultimately it's worth it because if you don't, well, you go the wrong place. And if you don't tell the people who are steering the ship, the ones we've hired to steer the ship at the moment, they're going to keep doing it. For example, it was about, oh, about a month or so ago, uh, the Washington Post reported that uh, Mayor Adams of New York City was giving $50 million in, in gift cards, well, actually debit cards, to illegal aliens. All right, 
Problem number one. Let's see. If I show up, you're going to give me a card with money on it. I think that's an incentive. I think that's an incentive to, for people who are here illegally to go to New York. And if the problem that Mayor Adams is talking about is there are too many illegal aliens in New York and this infrastructure can't support it, encouraging more to show up is probably not the right thing to do. But now the Post is reporting more. He says, this is not a prepaid cash program. Oh, no, 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 no. See, apparently, if you read the contract, this debit card program is an open-ended cash cow. See, it's designed to give up to $10,000 each to these illegal aliens. No ID checks, no restrictions, no fraud control. Now, imagine you're on that ship in the middle of the ocean, knowing we're supposed to be heading south. You get up at sunrise, and the, the sun's on your right hand, not your left hand. You go, that's a problem. Let me go talk to the pilot. Let's go talk to the captain of the ship. And you say, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Captain, um, what you're doing seems you want to be bringing in more people, not fewer people. Well, of course, you don't talk to the actual mayor. You talk to his people who say, oh, no, 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 no. This is a money-saving program. We're going to spend $50 million to save money. How are we going to do that? Well, you see, um, the, state, the city has a, a no-bid emergency contract to provide migrants with three meals a day. No bid. That should be a red flag. A no bid contract. Um, and they say that the, the, the company, the contractor, um, throws away 5,000 meals a day, wasting approximately $7.2 million a year. O okay, how is this card supposed to help them? Well, first, some of the food, it's inedible. It's expired. It's rotten. Uh, some of them don't meet the dietary needs of the migrants. What, you mean a one-size-fits-all meal, uh, meal program doesn't fit everybody's uh, needs? Go figure. So they came up with this. You know, and again, I'm not simply talking about something that some people have halal, kosher, vegan, non-gluten. It, it's I understand. It's, it's difficult. Um, but the idea is, well, we'll just give them money and let them spend it on whatever they want, and that's supposed to save us money? Now, also consider this. Uh, <laughs> New York City is one of the top financial services cities in the world. There are a lot of people who could compete for the business of running this program, but did the city, um, did they put up a, a competition? Who's going to give us the best deal? No. They picked one company, uh, Mobility Capital Finance, and said, uh, here, you do, you, you do all the work. Is that a wise way of doing business? See, you wonder why places like New York City and Boston um, deal with these problems. Well, because the, either the people or the leaders, either they want to navigate us into these problems, or they're incompetent when it comes to navigating us somewhere else. As I said in the opening, guess what? You don't have to blindly follow these people. Let me say again, you don't have to blindly follow these people. You want a chart? You, you want a chart so you can start navigating? 
I'd love to give you a chart. It's called the Constitution of the United States. From the United States standpoint, it sets out, okay, here's what this group of people does. Here's what the executive does. Here's what the legislative does. Here's what the judicial does. Here's what the state's responsible for. Um, and uh, by the way, if we didn't tell the federal government you can do it, you can't. That's specific. That's the 10th Amendment. There are other charts because you got each state has its own constitution. So there's another chart you can break out and start. Learn these charts. Find out where the shoals are. Find out where the good deep channels are. Find out the best way to navigate where you want to go is. And guess what? They are all free. Just search online. You can get free copies of the Constitution of the United States and of each of the states. And you can probably also find commentaries and questions and stuff like that. It's wonderful. There's your charts. But what about your compass? Ah, the compass may seem to be a little trickier at first. But if you go to the preamble of the Constitution and you read that uh, we the people, okay, I guess we the people would be part of a compass, but we the people ordain an established Constitution to, to, to do a couple things. We want to create a more perfect union. Yep. We want to establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. There's your compass, ladies and gentlemen. Are we establishing justice? Or are we establishing some modified version of justice? You know, social justice, financial justice. Eh? No, no, no. We want just plain justice. Per, you know, provide domestic tranquility. Well, guess what? The domestics ain't been that tranquil lately. Now, part of it is because... Well, there's always going to be things that people are riled up about, partially because, well, when the people got out of control, the very entities that were supposed to maintain justice in those out-of-control situations uh, were derelict in their duties. Yes, provide for the common defense, but it'd be nice if they actually, oh, I don't know, spent more money on defense than they did on the interest on the debt. We're going to be flipping that number pretty soon. Promote the general welfare. All right, I like, I love, you know, hey, let's set up the, where everybody has an equal shot, where people aren't, uh, uh, they aren't considered special because of the color of their skin or their, or, or, or their gender or just some weird idea they have in their head. How about we establish justice and um, provide a, a general welfare where everybody gets to exercise their rights, not just those that, well, currently are approved by the state or by whatever, you know, social agenda is currently running amok throughout society. But we need to ensure the bless. we need to secure the blessings of liberty. See, it's one thing to have the liberty to say what you want. The blessing is to actually be able to do it and enjoy the outcome. That, ladies and gentlemen, is our compass. We have the chart. Now you take the compass and say, okay, are what these people doing providing those things that we were looking for? If not, it's time to turn the ship. And if they won't turn the ship, then it's time to hire other people to navigate and pilot in a way that, that fulfills our goals, that fulfills what the, the charts that we have set up for what our future, sh our future should be like. 
Now listen, it's time for me to take another break. Before I go, though, please swing by AmericaOutloud.news. In fact, go there every day for news and information. You get a lot of information. I get a lot of information. I go there every day. But you can find great articles and stories and podcasts and videos, and maybe they'll explain something better than you ha ever have before. Or they'll come up with this warped idea like using a the compass, using the, the Constitution as a, the chart and compass to navigate our lives. But that knowledge is very helpful, but it's not powerful. Not until you do something with it. See, it's what it, knowledge is not power to put into action. So take this information, take the stories, the articles, the podcasts, whatever, and share them. That is how we help secure the blessings of the When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio liberty and justice for all. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them, from improving immune health and supporting gut health to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Copix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Copix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use Copix RX because it works. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You rejoined the Constitution study, and today we're talking about navigating the insanity. And today, I got a couple of doozies for you to wrap this day up. Uh, we're going to start in Lowell, Massachusetts. Lowell, Massachusetts, outside of Boston, if memory serves. Um, and there's a uh, there's a charter school that, um, well, there was they were playing a game against another school. The the the, uh, the other school's name is was it? It's Kip Academy. 
and I guess it's a collegiate, the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell uh, was playing Kip Academy, and um, they walked off the court at about halftime. So why would a basketball team forfeit the game, simply walk out halfway through um, the, 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 the game? Well, the reason, as being reported, is uh, the, 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 the KIPP uh, Academy has a boy playing on the girls' basketball team. Now, the KIPP officials refuse to, conf quote, confirm the player's uh, gender identification. How about, you just, I, how about you just point out that it's a dude? Apparently, he's more than six feet tall with facial hair. Tend to think he's probably a dude, but they started playing the game. Now again, the 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 was it the Collegiate Academy? They they started playing the game. Why did they quit? Well, while neither team seems to want to delve into this controversy, it appears that the um, the coach for the Lowell uh, Charter School, um was tired of seeing his players get hurt. There were in one half of the game, there were multiple players getting hurt on the court. And he didn't want to suffer any more injuries. He was willing to forfeit the game to protect the girls on his team. In fact, there's a, a video that uh, uh, one source came up with of the the alleged female player uh in, in dealing working for a rebound, literally not only ripped the ball out of a female, uh, out of a, 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 a player for collegiate, but in doing so, literally tossed her to the ground. She ends up on the floor in pain. And the coach said, Enough is enough. We're going we're, we're gonna to walk away from this rather than risk any more injuries. But here's the interesting twist to this. According to a letter from Collegiate Academy, uh, they read, On February 8th, the coach of the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell girls basketball team decided to end a game at halftime after watching a third player injured in the game with Kip Academy. Listen to this, though. The bench was already depleted going into the game with a 12-player roster having four players unable to play. When the coach saw three more girls go down in the first half, leaving him with just five players, he made the call to end the game early. I want you to think about that for just a moment. In other words, it wasn't the problem that uh, you had girls playing against a boy who was apparently larger and significantly stronger, strong enough to be injuring the girls. No, no, no. The problem was he didn't have enough players anymore. I don't know. I haven't talked to the coach. I haven't talked to the school. But I have to look at this and say... I'm not entirely sure what's going on here, but I do know there's something insane going on here. Because according to another report, um, the Massachusetts Institute Interscholastic Athletic Association, the handbook says in section 43.3.1, a student shall not be excluded from participation on a gender-specific sports team that is consistent with a student's bona fide gender identity. Ladies and gentlemen, that's insane. 
if you're telling me that a boy, a young man, because we're dealing with high school basketball, can simply say, I feel like a girl today and I'm going to play against girls. That's nuts. That is a that that is wandering around the ocean, not only with no chart, not only with no compass, with no rudder. You're just drifting around saying, oh, well, and people are getting hurt. We've already talked about, uh, uh, you know, pe people who have lost, girls who have lost scholarships, who've lost championships, who spent uh, their, their young lives working to a point only to, to have it stolen from them by a boy. The attack on, on womanhood. But now the state of Massachusetts says, listen, you want, if, if you have a gender-specific sports team, you cannot actually have a gender-specific sport. Let me read it to you again. It's section 43.3.1. A student shall not be excluded from participation on a gender-specific sports team that is consistent with the student's bona fide gender identity. So you can have boys playing on the girls' team. You can have girls playing on the boys' team. And we don't care. And then we wonder why young women are once again feeling like they don't have control. Uh, again, imagine spending your young life playing basketball. Maybe you're considering, maybe you're hoping to get a college scholarship. Maybe you just enjoy playing the game. But now you're told you're not on a girls' basketball team because they won't limit the team to girls. And where does that leave us? It leaves us with injured young women. It leaves us morally devoid of reality. It leaves us adrift in the world because there's no compass anymore. If, if you can't differentiate between male and female, if you do not see that scientific, biological difference as being important, then north, south, east, west, they don't mean anything either. And if you think this is limited to, oh, high school basketball, <laughs> look at the world around us. There is war in Ukraine. There is a war in Israel. There is the, the, the rumors of wars against Taiwan. And uh, what else is going on in the Middle East? You've got Iran, you've got the Houthis attacking places. This is a dangerous situation. Of course, we still have some situations in South America. This is a time when uh, you would think that the, the United States would need would would have a want to have a good foreign policy and would want to have a stable state department in order to execute that foreign policy that that the 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 focus of the state department and its leader the secretary of state would be how do we keep the united states out of a shooting war with russia with china with everybody else how do we do that apparently that's not the top priority or at least not the sole High priority. See, the, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, sent out a memo, apparently earlier this month, 
urging staffers to steer clear of gendered language such as mother and manpower. Now, uh, to a certain extent, do you want to be as respectful as possible to others that you work with? Yes, I, I worked in corporate America for many, many years, and and uh, uh, whether I was dealing with a customer or a colleague or just someone else that that, that I encountered, you'd want to be respectful. But when the uh, the the memo comes out saying modeling DEIA gender identity best practices now you're telling me i'm not only supposed to be um uh i'm not only supposed to be considerate i'm supposed to throw reason and rationality and logic out the window as well see here's part of the problem what percentage of the people in the state department are confused about their gender i would imagine if it's anything like the rest of the nation it's a fairly small percentage there are a lot of people get wound up about things like mother and manpower, but that's not my point. It's one thing to say, I had to see a person who's wearing a dress, looks nice, presents as a woman, uses a woman's uh, uh, name and a woman's pronoun. I'm not going to be looking up her skirt to see if she's really a woman. Not interested. No, thank you. It's quite another to deny the fact that there's a difference between mother and father. Manpower is part of the English language because man often refers to mankind, not simply a human male. And we're back to the pronouns. We're going to trash the English language because a few people have their panties in a twist. And again, it's one thing to be blatantly disrespectful, right? To have someone come up and say, uh, uh, I, I'm not a mother, I'm a father. Okay, you wear a dress, you have breasts, but okay, I won't, I, I won't refer to you as a mother. I'll refer to you as something else. It's another thing to say, no, as a policy, we want you to avoid the term altogether. See, that's taking the compass and demagnetizing it. You, you might as well throw it overboard. It becomes useless. Because now what we've allowed is we've allowed the irrational to overrule the rational. And again, if you're talking about being respectful of others, that's one thing. But if you're saying, I have to rewrite the English language, I have to pretend what's true isn't true, I have to subjugate my understanding, the reason, the logic, the observable scientific facts, because somebody somewhere might possibly be offended. What about offending me? Would you would would I be offended if if someone refused to refer to me as a father? If they just re well, you're, you're a parent. No, I'm a, I'm actually a father. I am distinct from my daughter's mother. We have different roles. We have different abilities. I am a father. Oh no, we can't call you father because somebody might be upset. I'm part of mankind. Oh no, we can't say mankind. Why not? Well, somebody might get upset. You know what? I'm I'm upset that you refuse to bastardize the English language in an attempt to make political brownie points. And because for so many years the American people have been so cowardly, yes, cowardly, 
as to let these people dictate the rest of our lives, to take a small minority of people and rewrite our language. And I'm not simply at this point talking about the transgender. This has been going on through a lot of people for a lot of years. We had there was a second wave feminist that didn't want you to, to, to talk about mankind. You couldn't have a manhole cover. You, 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 know, you couldn't be a mailman or a fireman. We've been doing it for decades, throwing our compass overboard, and then wondering why we're wandering around the Atlantic without any sense of direction. As I said, there is a direction. There is a compass. There's a chart. I've shown you the chart. I've pointed you to the compass. Now the question is, how do we use it? I don't have time to get into all of that here, but that's part of what I do at the Constitution study. But here's the point. Recognize you have rights. Other people have rights, but you have rights. And as long as you don't use your rights to infringe on others, be my guest. But it's got to work the other way as well. They don't have a right to use their rights to infringe on yours. Meaning, if I want to call, if I see somebody and they, uh, if I see a six foot plus dude with a beard on a basketball court, I'm going to call him a man. Now, if he says, no, 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 I'm a woman. Hey, look in the mirror, dude. I don't have to let you on a girl's basketball team simply because you think you're a girl. Go back to biology class. Same way at the, at the State Department, at, at, at businesses. I, in, I meet somebody, I use the pronoun that fits what I see. If you don't like that, and you say, would you please refer to me as something else, I'll consider it. But if you tell me I must, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to do that at all. You can't use your rights to infringe on mine. And that is how you take that chart and that compass and you use it to navigate this crazy world we live in. Now, it takes practice, right? You're not going to do it right the first time. And there's going to be a lot of people, I've met them, that think they're doing it right, but they, they, they forget the infringement of the other person's rights. That's okay. Part of it is, is practice. Like I said, you, you, you don't learn it first time out. It took me practice to navigate. It's going to take you practice. It took me practice to navigate an airplane. It's going to take you practice to navigate the world. But you can. Hopefully, I've given you some tools so you realize, hey, I can do this. And of course, you could always head to the website, constitutionstudy.com, find out more, maybe ask a question, see how we do this better. But the point is, you don't have to follow someone else's navigation simply because they say so. You don't have to follow their pronouns. You don't have to follow their agenda. Get your own compass, get your own chart, and learn how to chart your own course. That is the, uh, you know, they about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That's the pursuit of happiness, being able to chart your own course. And that is also, when we talk about the, when I talk about the blessings of liberty, that's what I'm talking about. The blessings of being able to chart your own course, find your own way, find what makes you happy and pursue it as long as you don't infringe on the rights of others. And then, while the world around you is going absolutely bonkers, you can keep your calm because you have the chart. 
you have a compass and you can navigate. When everyone else is losing their minds, you don't have to because you have that the ability to navigate in this insane world. And speaking of navigating, I hope you'll navigate over to the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, then please, the podcast comes out generally a day or two after the episode's heard on talk radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Uh, leave the episode's ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. We want to share this information. You can find all the links you need at the website at americaoutloud.news. But again, share this. This knowledge is not powerful until you share it. The, the chart and the, comfort and the compass are not powerful until you use it. It is the use of that, the exercise of your rights, that leads us all to the blessings of liberty. And you have the opportunity to share it with as many people as you can.